Hey, Clip listeners, do you ever feel like you're juggling your script, your show prep, your questions, and monitoring your recording on the fly? I get it. I know what it's like, and that's why I'm here to tell you about Riverside's new teleprompter feature. It's built right into Riverside's platform, so you can have your show prep on screen and scroll as you record all within the session window. No more tab switching, app juggling. It's a pain doing that on the fly, and now you're not going to have to because this teleprompter feature is game-changing. You can pause it, slow it down, speed it up, even replay whatever you need to do to stay organized and calm during your session. I think it just makes podcasting a lot easier. And for me personally, it makes me less anxious when I'm in the middle of a recording. So if you're looking to smooth out your delivery and keep things organized while podcasting, you should check out Riverside's teleprompter feature. I think you're going to like it. And hey, you can use promo code CLIPPED, that's C-L-I-P-P-E-D, to snag 20% off of any individual membership plan. That's CLIPPED for 20% off any individual plan. And you're going to start flowing like never before. Explain something. What up, potty people, and welcome back to Clipped. I'm Eric, your host, and Clipped is a show that brings you podcast production tips, resources, industry insights, and conversations with my podcasting pals to help you start, grow, and monetize your show. I'm on a mission to help make your podcasting life easier. And today I've got something fun for you. I actually got to hang out with my buddy, Zach David, founder of The Podcast Man. He's from sunny Encinitas, California, but he actually came up to LA and we got to hang out and chat about all things podcasting. He's the podcast man and the podcast man is a podcast production company. So if you're looking for help with your editing, mixing, your show notes, if you need some advice on your strategy for your show, he's the man. Definitely check out Zach. I'll link to all of his platforms in the show notes. But we talked about a ton of stuff, namely like the role of AI in podcasting. We talked about the role of video, all that and more. Don't want to spoil it all here. So this is Zach, the podcast man. Zach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Good to be here. So I ask everybody this, but where are you originally from? I am originally from a small town called Pine City, Minnesota. Okay, because I think it just sets the tone for like who you are and your story and where you come from and the why you are the way you are. Tell me a little bit about your background in music and how you got involved even wanting to be in audio in the first place. Yeah, for sure. Well, it is good that you ask where I'm from. Being from Minnesota, I might talk a little too much. So being the name of the podcast as it is clipped, you might have to clip out some of what I'm saying. Uh, we Minnesotans like to chit-chat, but um, yeah, music is really what I have to thank for where I am today. You know, I started off in high school when my buddy brought home a, he brought home a guitar with three strings left on it and the rest is history. You know, we got to rocking and rolling. Um, and I started to fool around on GarageBand, you know, on the DAW on Mac and uh, just recording music, having fun there. And then in college, I worked at the public radio station and uh, one of my jobs was to record the local politicians and not only record them, but edit their spots. So as you can imagine, I got pretty damn good at editing 
we had to edit them down to five minutes per spot. We used Adobe Audition. That was the DAW that I learned on as far as uh, editing voice audio. From there, I didn't really know I would be editing more voice audio, just kind of kept kept rolling along. And long story short, the pandemic hit. My musical gigs kind of went out the window. You know, I was playing two to three gigs at senior homes per day. I was playing at bars and wineries and uh, private gigs, and they all went out the window. Uh, my wife and my pet sitting business went out the window for a while because nobody was traveling. So I said, you know, what's not going out the window is podcasting. So that's when the podcast man was born as the podcast baby. <laughs> going back to GarageBand, I want to say that that's where I started too, dude. I, nice. I remember recording music myself, just kind of learning how to do that. And I was like, oh, like I can, I can record my guitar. This is awesome. And then it's a great DAW to learn on. Mm-hmm. You can even call it a DAW. I mean, technically it is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot you could do on that. And I think it's a good stepping stone. And that took you to Premiere, sorry, Audition. Yep, yep. And that's where you used at the public access place. Tell me more about that. Like, did you have any experience? Did you know what an EQ was? Did you know like <laughs> the flow of like the cadence of someone talking and, and how to edit them so it sounds like natural? Or like, did you have to learn a lot? Did I have to learn a lot? Yes. To answer the first question about, did I know any of that stuff? No. <laughs> None. But you no. had, but it had to have been a little bit because the garage band and learning to at least cut like a waveform. Yeah. So at that point, I didn't know anything. But then once I started getting into it more and more and uh, going into the podcast, man, yeah, I did have a, a good idea. And it was before all the AI, like Adobe Speech Enhance and all these things where, you know, you really, if you want to be a podcast editor, you better know what a DSer is. You better know how to EQ, how to set the compression and all that stuff. Um, so going into the podcast, man, yes, I, I knew a pretty good amount, but hanging out with guys like you and like our buddy Jay and these people, Dylan, I, I learn a lot from you guys. And it's really nerdily fun to listen to audio and scan through with the EQ to see where that ugly frequency is and cut it out in that little bit of satisfaction. Like, I don't know if anybody other than you and me and like a small percentage of the population knows what that type of satisfaction is like, but you get that that one little frequency that you cut that out and the audio sounds just beautiful. I agree. I love that. And I love processing a voice and getting it to sound as good as it can sound based on the recording. You mentioned AI tools, which is interesting because I think a lot of people think that AI tools are kind of like all they need. It's like now everyone can write blogs with ChatGPT. Everyone can edit video clips. Everybody can edit a podcast. And I think AI should has its place. And I think it should be used as a tool. But I'm wondering like your thoughts on using AI since you brought that up uh, and where that fits into your workflow and how you maybe feel about the people that don't have the background in the audio chops and are just trying to now create content or think of themselves as like podcast producers, editors, like where do you, where do you kind of stand on that? Yeah, I knew you'd get to this. I didn't know if it would be this soon into the episode, but, and I don't know if I can ask you the same question after I answer it, because I'm Please. interested, <laughs> I'm interested on your take as well. But so I, I love to use 
these AI tools like Adobe Speech Enhance when it's like, for me, like a last resort. Like sometimes clients will send me something that's like, I swear they were like in Times Square or something with a iPhone mic, just like, welcome to the podcast, you know? And it's like, nothing can save this audio. And you go in with the expectation that the AI is going to do what it can. And in that case, it can usually, you know, it can bring up some miracle sometimes. I don't like to use it when I don't need to, though, because I feel like oftentimes it overprocesses things, you know, and I feel like it's a podcast, you know, you don't necessarily need the person to sound like, welcome to KGB classic rock, because I feel like there's kind of like a, a disconnect there, you know, like we want people using their real voices, piping right into people's ears as if they were in the same room with them, you know, and I think some processing is cool, making the voice sound good and full, but I don't, I just feel like so much of this AI overdoes it. And then maybe I don't have as much practice with the AI as, as some people, because, you know, some people lean on it a lot more and that's, that's cool too. I'm, I'm like a traditionalist getting into the AI as far as the actual sculpting of the audio. Um, but I feel like what happens too, is it overprocesses it a lot. Like the, the gate will do weird things with like breaths between words and it'll be skippy. And, um, some words will be cut off before they start. If it's a word that starts with like, or something like a host, and then you won't hear the word host. You'll hear like host podcast consumers, listeners maybe won't notice or maybe won't care. But for me that I just can't stand it. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I have a similar philosophy and the two, the only AI tool I've ever tried, I know there's a couple now, but it's Descript's Studio Sound. Mm. Um, and so there's one show that I use it on and the recording isn't even that bad uh, of the girl's voice. But man, I've been working on it for probably over a year now and I just can't EQ it. I don't, for whatever reason, I can't get it to sound the way I want. And so I do use some processing on that. But the key is to not be too heavy-handed. If you're heavy-handed with it, it can almost, like you said, it, it makes it sound too fake or, or even robotic sometimes. And it, yep. it does jump. It skips here and there. Mm -hmm. So like as far as Descript, I don't know if people, if you've heard of Descript or if you've used it, but um, there's like a little slider. You could put out 100%, which I don't really recommend anyone puts anything on 100%. Yeah. And so I'll put it on like 30%. And I feel like that just kind of like enhances it enough. And then I'll put like my EQ, but I'm with you. I think if it's done tastefully, sure. But I'm also kind of a traditionalist. I don't like to use it unless I have to. Mm -hmm. Plus that's another program I have to open and it takes extra time. I'm on the same page, but what do you feel? And maybe this is just me and maybe it's some weird competitive thing, but I'm wondering like, how do you feel about people who are like only using that stuff? And then like, calling themselves like an audio engineer or like an editor. And yeah, on one hand, I guess they are. And whatever tool helps you get it done. But like, I feel like it too much AI, it gives these people like a lot of false confidence in the in, in what they're doing almost. And I don't mm -hmm. know why that bugs me a little bit. It shouldn't. Like, why should I care? But it kind of <laughs> does. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, all the all the hours we've put into learning. Yeah, is yeah. that what it is? I think maybe a little bit, but here's the thing, something that you said there that 
is super important to highlight is that different voices respond differently to AI. Like I've seen some videos where, you know, it'll be somebody recording on a busy street. They'll put it in uh, Descript's AI tool or like Adobe Speech Enhance or something. And it'll respond really well to their voice, you know? Um, whereas other cases, it just kind of, it really compromises the audio and it skips around and it makes them sound like a robot. So I think no matter what, as an audio engineer, if you really want to do your best work for, uh, you know, all your clients, you're going to need to use a variety of tools. And that just reminded me of a, a really interesting thought is that one of our colleagues, he actually mentioned that he blends. So if he uses an AI tool like Adobe Speech Enhance, not only does he use the slider, you know, that also has the slider from, well, I guess zero. What's the point of that? From 1% to 100%, you know, <laughs> as it were. So he'll adjust that. And then he'll also have the original track in the background or, you know, blend them together. Oh, I've never even thought of that. So that way, like if if Adobe Speech Enhance, Enhance excuse me, is cutting some things off, it's, you still have the original file, like completing those words. So it's an interesting thought too. But at the end of the day, I feel like you're really going to have to use a variety of tools. Like I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to just rely on one tool as, or even a, a few AI tools to just drag and drop and boom, shakalaka, there it is, you know? Yeah. Blending of the two tracks is interesting. I've never done that, but that's a good way to save. Yeah. If like an S or a T is cut off mm -hmm. and kind of edit both as you go. Okay. So yeah, I wanted to talk about AI, so I'm glad we did, but let's pivot to AI in terms of like your work that you do with your clients, chat GPT for show notes or, or summaries or anything like that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? That's also AI, although it's for writing. Tell the audience like your philosophy, because I know you do show notes too. Yeah. And kind of what goes into your show notes, like the, the way that you personally, that you guys like to write them for your clients. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. You know, it, AI definitely has its place. There's so much in podcasting you can use AI for, right? From everything we just talked about with the actual sculpting the audio part of it, all the way to the actual content. So uh, the episode descriptions, even if you need episode ideas, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. you're as a podcaster, you're like, oh, geez, yeah, I, I've talked about everything. Of course, nobody's ever talked about everything, but you can get stuck in a rut. So, and then episode title generation, you know, ideas for episode titles. So, I pepper in all of this stuff, you know, as far as show notes, what I really like is um, specifically as far as uh, software goes is, I don't know how to say it, Podium or Podium. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Podium kind of sounds like uh, something as a potty. parent. Yeah. Like Got to use the potty. <laughs> yeah. So although it's a podcast thing, I feel like they probably say Podium. Yeah. Podium plus otter.ai. Otter.ai, man, it's, I don't know if the other transcription companies are doing this, but it the, the key topics, the chapter ideas that it comes up for, comes up with, is just unreal, man. Really? It comes up with great key topics and then subtopics for each key topic. It's, it's just beautiful. Like, 
So we have Podium coming up with some good options for the actual summary. Otter coming up with great key topics. And then in Otter, you go over to the little, I think its name is Otter. or <laughs> I'm not sure what its name is. I can't remember. But you, I think it is Otter. So you can talk to basically its version of ChatGPT built in and say, hey, Otter, what resources are mentioned in this episode? And when I'm editing... I do my best to catch all the resources to put in the show notes, but it's you put a marker or something and go back or jot it down. I'll or jot it down. Sometimes I'll do markers if I'm like on a roll, but just kind of depends on the, the episode. But I jot that stuff down. I mark it down, but it's nice to have that double, you know, double take from AI, just making sure you didn't miss anything. And but yeah, those two combined, but here's the thing, and we were just talking about this at our mastermind of super awesome podcast people. I think that's the name of the mastermind, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is um, that AI gets you so far on anything and then you got to humanize it because I think two reasons. For one, it just makes mistakes sometimes. You know, there's there's weird stuff. It'll repeat itself. Sometimes the key topics will be like the same thing worded differently. So nothing is perfect. The other reason is you have to humanify it, you know, because you can just tell if it just drugs straight out of a... So a program like Podium uses OpenAI and it just sculpts it. It knows what questions to ask, right? Whereas ChatGPT, you got to be smart and know what questions to ask it. So both ways are right in their own sense, right? And I'm not, I'm talking to the listener, not you, because obviously, Eric, you know this stuff, but I'm looking at you, but I'm talking to the listener. <laughs> but yeah, it's just humanifying it from there and in the actual voice as much as possible of the podcaster. So Ooh. some of them are more playful, some of them are more analytical. So trying to get that voice of the podcaster in the actual copy as well. You know, I've never done that for the podcaster. I try to do that for myself and with my show notes and blog posts and stuff. But that's interesting. If they're like a laid back person and that's kind of the vibe of the show, or maybe it's like a business oriented show and it's more kind of direct. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Wow. Yep. I mean, I try to, you know, it's not something that, you know, is overly done. But sometimes if we, if I grab a certain personality, some, some podcasters, uh, clients of mine are a little more playful and. I love uh, that idea. I think that personalizes it. That's kind of like, like the boutique part of the agency where if it was just like a at scale, like mass thing where you're just knocking out like hundreds of show notes, you would probably wouldn't do that. So that's kind of a cool personal touch. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it is like simple too. Like I, uh, I work with the Canine Detection Collaborative podcast. Shout and, out. Yeah. And they call themselves the Dames of Detection because they work with detection dogs. So in the show notes, instead of saying this name, this name, and this name, I say today the Dames of Detection chatted with, you know, and it just, it's playful and it just adds a little more flavor to it. So tell us a little bit about your editing philosophy because this is something I like to ask like editors. I don't ask everybody this, but editing a podcast, say your typical podcast that you do for your clients. What's your philosophy on two things mainly? One is breaths because I'm very opinionated about breaths. <laughs> Number two, ums, ahs, likes. So like uh, like we went to the, um, to the, uh, the park. <laughs> do you just cut yeah. it to we went to the park or do you leave a little bit of that in there? What's your general take on long form podcast? How tightly do you like it? 
Yeah. You know, I just feel like trusting somebody when you're listening to a podcast has a lot to do with the human side of them too. So if it sounds like I'm a robot, there's no ums or spaces ever, it's almost seems like less believable. Mm. So I, that kind of also answers the question where I think I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I yeah. do leave in quite a bit, but I cut out the big obvious pauses. And that's the other thing. Not all pauses are bad. Some right. of them are actually necessary. One thing I can think of right away is I have some podcasters who do like breath exercises in the episode. So if it's I like put meditation that, or something, yeah, and if okay. I put that into AI, they're going to cut out every space. And then it's going to be like, take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Cause I, uh, work on a show and maybe like quarterly, the girl, she, the host, she releases like a med private thing for her group of like meditations. And, uh, I actually did that one time and it cut out a lot of the, So Brett's, I, and I don't do a whole lot of like batch processing, but I do run it through isotope debreath with a low setting, like a very mild setting just to kind of bring them down. But it really depends because some people, they talk like this. And so today we hung out with our friends, which is, that's obnoxious, but just normal breaths. Sure. I don't, I don't cut all it out. I, I just try to pull them down a little. And then as far as ums, I have a philosophy where it's like maybe 60% I'll cut. Mm -hmm. I'd like it a little cleaner, but it also depends on how cleanly you can cut it. Sometimes it's slurred into a word. Yeah. And yeah, you could spend like five minutes really trying to like <laughs> get that, but it's, it's probably a waste of time. If it's a standalone, um, typically cut that unless it's really like the person thinking and it adds to like the tone of the show. Yeah. Like I just said it right there. I've probably said it a couple dozen times already. <laughs> ditto, ditto. Cleaning it up while also making it sound natural, but then... It's funny because I'm in this Facebook group. You should I'll, you should join. I don't run it, but it's called Podcast Editors Club. I think that's I'm what it's in called. there, but I'm one Are of those dudes that this is. I do this with all kinds of what? stuff. I think everybody's guilty of it. I'll like subscribe to something and then I'll just never look, but I'll stay subscribed because I'll say I'm gonna get around to like participating and looking. So that's kind of where I'm at with that group. Well, the founder, his whole thing, and it's kind of made me think and. Two things about me. I'll get back to that. Or one thing about me. I feel like I'm just in life in general, comes to business, editing. I feel like if you start taking in too many points of view, you get kind of like lost in the way that like you want to do things because you're like, well, this person says to do it like this. This person says, yeah. you kind of have to find like your own way to fit in with all that. Take everyone's advice, do with it what you will. But his whole thing was to try to make people sound as smart as they really are. And at first I was like, well, maybe is that like is maybe they're not that smart. Is that what you're trying to say? But no, his whole thing was it's like, like misleading. Try, yeah. His whole thing was like trying to clean them up as much as possible to make them sound like smart, basically. And I think I agree with that. Um, but I think back in the day I was taking that like too literal. The founder of the group works on a lot of like financial type shows where you probably do want them to sound a little mm -hmm. bit more polished because it's like that type of industry. Right. So right. I think the industry of the show depends on it. And then obviously I watch a lot of comedy or listen to comedy podcasts and that they just let it rip. I don't oh, yeah. think almost anything's edited unless they're going to get canceled or then maybe they cut that. Oh, that's Yeah, then that's a, <laughs> that's a great point. Different industries, different genres require different types of editing. I think so. And, and I, I think, don't you? I mean, yeah. I don't... I've done a little bit of both and I kind of am in the middle. 
make it sound good. Don't stress yourself out. I don't know if it's happened to me. Actually, it has with one client that I no longer work with where they were like, you need to clean this up more. Like, I don't sound good. And they gave me literally timestamps, I swear to God. And it was like every like 12 seconds because they said something they didn't like. And I maybe did like five, six episodes. And then I was like, look, like I can't do this. If you can't at least speak and I'm not talking smack, but somewhat intelligently, you can't expect us to cut like every 12 seconds. Like she was uh, very intense about it. Needless to say, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. But um, like, what do yeah. you think of that? Have you ever had that? That's super interesting. I have had that before. And oh man. Yeah, I've had that. And what I, <laughs> you know, you can highlight the, highlight the audio and it'll tell you how many different audio uh, segments are there. And I said, well, with all due respect, I've already done like 216 edits on Uh, this half hour episode. I mean, I'll go through and I'll, I gave her the benefit of the doubt. um, And I just went through and kind of cleaned it up some more and she was cool with it. So, and it actually, this wasn't, in this case, it wasn't her, it was the guest. mm. So your case sounds a little more intense. But I've had stuff stuff like that happen and that's tough judgment calls. Do you think that the listeners pick up on the ums and the ahs as much as we think they do as like editors? Do you think that like they care as much as we care? I no, no I don't think not, not I, at all. I think you're right. I think they don't. And but, I think we're over mm-hmm. worrying about it. But I do think, and it sounds like we have a similar philosophy. I do think they pick up on stuff that is overly problematic. Like what you were saying before. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, like uh, um, yeah. And then like, uh, at you. And then like, <laughs> yeah, and then like, dude. <laughs> like, uh, dude, I swear to God, some people, and I'm not saying I'm like the most well-spoken or anything, but I've had, and I'm sure you've had where it's just like very hard to get through. Like their speech pattern mm-hmm. is just, it's for lack of a better term, is just bad. Like it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's really no nice way to put it. One thing that's encouraging is I've never had a client who hasn't gotten better over time at being a podcast host and guest. I I tell a lot of people this that are starting. The beginning is always the most intimidating. You're always going to be the most nervous, but get a few episodes under your belt. After the fifth, sixth episode, you're going to improve. If you keep going after like the 12th episode, before you know it, if you're in it for the long game, which you probably want to be. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah, (laughs) like a few months into it, you'll have come a long way. And I think so many people overthink starting because of of that, because of nerves or because of like not knowing. Yeah, eventually you you just kind of got to get in there, you know? (laughs) I mean, that leads me to you. Where's the podcast man coming out with his podcast? I was just, the only (laughs) other thing I was going to pepper on there is that we're, I mean, we're in a society that uh, we don't like doing things that we're not good at, but that's the only way to get good at them. So that's the only way, man. Like I've (laughs) talked about it actually on this show, like my YouTube and video game. It needs improvement and I'm working on it. And I didn't want to put out like video on YouTube because, yeah, you, I, I want it to be a lot better than it is. But yeah, you do just have to start. You, you have to start. You have to be willing to kind of suck. Uh, but you, <laughs> but don't you think like you'd be surprised at how fast if you're excited about it and have at least mm-hmm. a little bit of passion, how uh, quickly you can you can improve? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's. I think you're right. You know, it's the intention. It's if you come at it with the right mindset, 
like, I know I'm going to get better at this, you know, not like, Oh, give it a try. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, I suck, but whatever. so accepting where you are, but being pumped about where you're going. But uh, to answer your other question, I am like chomping at the bit to get a public podcast out there, man, because I have what's called the clients only podcast for great idea, by the way, for my clients. Yeah. And they, they glean a lot of great nuggets from that. They're just short form uh, episodes, you know? So, but yeah, I have a bunch of ideas swimming around in my, my brain. Cause I love chatting and being on podcasts and I, I feel like it really stimulates the conversation. Cause if you and I were just chatting, we'd maybe be like sitting back and going with the flow. But like when we're, the mics are on. So we, the conversation, it keeps, I mean, we obviously both of us know it can be edited afterwards, but the less we're farting around and like finding our way, the less editing that needs to be done. So I think it really stimulates the mind and you get to have these intimate conversations with people. There's, uh, there's so many reasons to start a podcast. So to answer your question, if it doesn't start at some point in 2024, then come find me, hunt me down and, uh, and make me started. <laughs> yeah, I wish I started this a lot earlier than I did. Uh, but I was thinking about it for so long. And then finally, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. And it evolves, you know, and that's, that's a word of advice for people listening. You might have your idea. And you should have some kind of roadmap. You obviously you have to have like a vision and, and a plan. But you might find that, you know, 10 episodes in you kind of want to pivot. And it's not that you're pivoting to like, you're talking about dogs. And then on the next episode, you're talking about golf. But it's just like, maybe you're talking about dogs. And then maybe it's a specific breed of dog, or maybe it kind of, you know, it pivots out, you start talking to trainers, you start talking to like pet food companies, whatever. And you, mm -hmm. you know, it'll, it'll evolve. And I think that's for anybody listening for myself, for you, I think it's important with content to, to um, have a roadmap, but then be open to where it could go and based on people's feedback, like maybe your audience is kind of digging one type of episode and then you kind of start doubling down a little on that stuff. And that's kind of the fun of it too, in a way. Yeah. That's a great point, you know, is being receptive to your audience and it just might line up beautifully that you've done a little series of episodes on something that you're passionate about and your audience loved it. So there you have a nice little niche, maybe a niche down on that, or maybe that's just one segment of what you do. But being flexible is, I mean, even just going into a recording, you know, I have clients, I've had clients who are like, I have all the questions written down. We have to follow the questions. And oh. if the guest gets off I topic, I have to bring them back. And I'm like, no, like, think about what is best for the listener. You know, if the, if the guest starts to take things down a different road, there just might be like a rainbow at the end of that road, you know, it just, and Hey, if not just edit it out <laughs> Yeah, or I'll edit it out. Obviously we'll more clip you. it out. We'll clip it out. Sorry. Uh, got to stay on brand for you. <laughs> question. What are some things that, uh, speaking of audience, like that your clients are doing to like grow their shows. I want to know like, yeah, what you're seeing that is working for them. And then I have a couple questions about growth that I think is valuable for people to hear. Yeah. Getting into the strategy section of the show. Is there like a little sound effect we can put right here? <laughs> I need to. I boing, boing, this boing. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, strategy, man. The million dollar question, right? It's not easy it's, to grow. Nope. It's not. I always, I, I really value honesty uh, in my 
are we a match call? That's what I call the discovery calls. And I say to everybody on those calls, all potential clients, hey, podcasting, we wish it were the game of uh, the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. But you got to build it. You got to market it. You got to strategize. You got to SEO it. You got to... So I think one thing that's often overlooked is the power of the one-to-one connection, the organic connection paired with... Uh, maybe paid reach, like we were talking about the other day, mm-hmm. uh, overcast, right? Yeah. So I think strategizing and using different, um, you know, different strategies, but not, I, I've just seen so many podcasters who they overlook the one-to-one connections, the small group connections. They think, no, I need to run ads so I can reach thousands of people. But you got to think of quality over quantity in these um connections too, because you're going to get that connection with that one person. They're going to say, Hey, I just met this person from, you know, I just met Eric from the clipped podcast. I was on his podcast or I heard this episode and it was amazing. Like it really changed my outlook on this. And they'll maybe send that episode to another person because you met with that person. So just, you know, a lot of people uh, underestimate the power of those true authentic connections. Um, I really like the book, super fans by Pat Flynn. It makes me think of that, you know, those real connections and how powerful they can be. Never read it, but definitely familiar with it. I think paid ads and I've never run paid ads on like Google or Facebook ads, but on Overcast, I feel like if you do have a little bit of budget, a couple hundred bucks, you could run them as often as you like. I think that's a good way because you're reaching podcasters like where they already are. They're hanging out in the app, like listening to show, listening to other stuff that could be similar to yours. Yeah, it's not easy. It's a combination of that and uh, like the authentic connections, one-to-one, writing uh, well-crafted show notes, thinking of catchy titles that are SEO optimized for like the topic of your show maybe some in-person networking too. It's it's a challenge. And that leads me to this, which I want to talk about. Selfishly, I want to talk about. <laughs> is That's part of podcasting, man. That's what you get to do. You're the host. <laughs> in my opinion, and people disagree with this, but in my opinion, I personally think, and maybe because I'm not that good at it, is that short form reels, TikTok, sh- YouTube shorts, I feel like they don't do a fucking thing to grow your podcast. And let me tell you why. They're good for getting your face out there, like being the face of your brand and talking about... Maybe talking about your podcast specifically or just talking about things in your industry that also kind of relate to your podcast. But I don't know that I've ever watched like a reel that was seemingly like a podcast or someone talking about their podcast and then went and subscribed or went and followed it. I don't know. I feel like too many podcasters are putting too much thought into thinking that like short term, short form content is going to grow their podcast downloads. Yes, it might grow their social media and it might grow their brand because you're constantly inundated with them talking about their brand and their brand mm-hmm. colors. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever been so inclined because of seeing like reels from someone to then go and follow their podcast. What yeah. do you think? I just think too with reels, it's so like swipe all day long, swipe, watch for 20 seconds, swipe. It's like, I don't even how you like take that in and are like, uh, what's the word? Like comprehending it. It's just so, it just seems so mindless to me. I don't know. I've seen both 
Okay. You know, I've, um, I have personally like checked out an episode from seeing a reel. Okay. But I can see that some podcasters, I feel like maybe don't have the ROI that they should be having based on how much effort they're putting in. Yeah. So you do have to, if you're going to do reels and do short form, like good, you really have to hustle and like, Mm -hmm. is that kind of what you mean? Like they're not putting enough into that to know if it would grow their podcast. Yeah. Or maybe they're just putting either not enough or maybe they're putting too much and it's not turning anything around for them. But um, I think whether or not it really drives traffic to the podcast, I think it's definitely still driving people toward like building their brand, like you said, and toward um, their products and services, you know? So I think like from this recording we're doing right now, we can grab some clips from this and put it on our social media. And oftentimes I have clients who will use your this uh, episode as an example. Maybe they'll uh, reach out to you just based on that clip they saw so they won't go to your podcast, but they'll want they'll be interested in learning about you or working with you. So at the end of the day, I still I, I see what you're saying and I, I somewhat do agree with that is, you know, it, it depends on the topic and the podcast and the genre and the industry and everything. But I still think it's worth it just because it can drive people directly towards your ecosystem. Your ecosystem. Yeah. yeah. So um and it that's just a big strategy thing that I've spoken with about my clients and with you guys, my colleagues, that the podcast, and this is coming from, I'm the podcast man, you know, like I'm up on the pedestal here. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It is kind of an ego name, right? But I thought of it before the pandemic. Don't beat me up too bad. The podcast man. But coming from the podcast man himself, now I'm speaking in third person, the podcast isn't like the end game. Like, did you go into podcasting like, my goal is to get 20,000 downloads. You went into podcasting because you want to change people's lives and you want to drive people towards your business. You know, like the metrics and everything, that's not really the end game anyway. It's the podcast is part of your funnel, if it were. so. Right, like lead generation or getting, convincing people to work with you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you're right. I mean, few and far between where you're going to have so many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of downloads where you're getting sponsorships by the big brands where mm-hmm. that, in that case, maybe that is the end game because you're getting paid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for most of us, and I think people listening and um, yeah, it's just part of your tool and it's just another type of content. I mean, it's almost like nowadays you got to have a podcast. You, you <laughs> do have to have short form content whether or not that affects podcast downloads directly is yet to be determined. But you do need to have it for brand awareness and marketing. So it's like podcasts, shorts, maybe even long form on YouTube, uh, maybe blogging. So it's like just another piece in that like content marketing. Okay. So video versus audio. Do you need a video podcast nowadays to be quote unquote successful in podcasting, whatever that, whatever successful means to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, first step, figure out what successful means to you as a podcaster. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Figure yep. out what, what that, what that yeah. is. Yeah. That'll help. I'm not, I'm talking to the listener, not you. I know, you know, Eric, <laughs> but, oh, that's a good question. I feel like either way, at least, you know, like we're doing today, we threw a couple iPhones on stands cause we're going to grab some clips. You know, we probably 
maybe I, I don't know if we'll post the full episode because it's just a couple dudes sitting in a room talking to each other, but it's definitely good for clips. So I would say at the very least, and if it's a long distance recording, you know, just press record and zoom or Riverside or whatever it is for clips. Now, does it make sense for like long form? Uh, I don't know. A lot of times with long distance, you know, it's just a talking head looking at a camera. And is it really going to be something that makes people want to sit down and like watch, consume a full episode of like two people on a long distance call? But does it make sense to at least post that because YouTube is the second largest search engine? Or maybe it's third because I think TikTok is like number one now. But either way, it's in the top five, right? So it's a big, big strategy question that I don't necessarily have the answer to. But I, I always tell my clients, short form, absolutely long form. At the end of the day, you have to think of if it makes sense for how much work you're putting in or how much you're paying the podcast man or <laughs> or the podcast haven to <laughs> to do that for you. Not every episode, but just about every episode, I will actually put the long form on YouTube. And to be honest, I don't really have a rhyme or reason. And it's not like it gets so many hits that I, I you know, I, I'm like, oh, I got to keep doing this because it's growing. Because mm -hmm. now on Google, if you type in a question or a search phrase, sometimes in the top five, it'll be videos that come up. It'll be yeah. YouTube that comes up. It's too much to like think about that right away. Maybe like, yeah, start with audio only. It's a little easier. You can be in your pajamas. Mm -hmm. And then in <laughs> yep. six months, if if uh, you're in a good flow with production and you think like dropping a camera or even just a webcam or an iPhone and for being the face of your brand, of course, as you grow, as your business grows, like I think pe humans can connect to another human. It's like, oh, I'm doing business with like this guy. Mm -hmm. Where it's not, I'm just where it's not just like I'm doing business with this website that I don't <laughs> yeah. know anything about it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a long way to say, Zach. I'll throw it to you. <laughs> that's a long way to say. <laughs> that's a long way to say to be determined. But uh, no, I I see what you're saying, and I'm kind of at that crossroads too. Because like two years ago, I would have said, "No, let's just stick it with audio." Exactly. You know, Me but, too. Um, but I think. And, you know, there's another handful of things you can do with the video. Like um, one of our colleagues, Lloyd, what he does is he'll grab different chunks of the episode and, that are on different topics and release those as standalone videos in YouTube. So they're like 10-minute videos about like earlier when we were talking about AI and podcasting. You could grab that chunk and that could be its own video. It's not long form. It's not short. It's like medium form content. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe seven, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I mean, I, I recently made a episode for my clients too. I said, oh, I know it's time to, you know, actually put clothes on and not just be in your bathrobe and <laughs> let's turn on the camera. Yeah. It is probably better for networking because people be like, oh, like maybe at an event you tell them you're, oh, I, I know who you are. I think I've seen you. I don't know. It might just mm -hmm. kind of help like the, the connection and it's just getting easier with, you know, the iPhone 15. I don't have it, but I think <laughs> you could do a lot with that. A couple ring lights or face a window. Um, and it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be as intimidating as people think. I think people think it has to be like super fancy and this and that. But as long as you're like lighting is decent and with the smartphone nowadays, the quality is good enough. Like, you know, I like to try to make it easy for people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And sometimes that more natural, like just 
kind of grab the camera and set it up yeah. is actually more uh, relatable and authentic than like a super over-processed thing. So it depends on how you want to connect with the listener. And I think you have, that's just a really excellent point, Eric, that so we don't have like brick and mortar places. Like it would be sweet. The podcast man store, you know, on Encinitas Boulevard or whatever, <laughs> uh, the shop. But so people can't come into our places and, you know, like shake our hand and get to know us. So when they see our face on these short clips or even medium or even long form, you know, they can get to know us that way. And, um, but I think at the end of the day, it's an excellent point that you had that, you know, if you get, in too deep with perfection and in, in video and everything, it's either gonna cause you to have a failure to launch, mm -hmm. or what's even more painful that I've seen is pod fade caused by like too much going on and just trying to do too much and not getting help, which is why people like Eric and I are here, but but uh not to sell our services, but you just, you need help. You can't over, you can't do everything. And if video is going to cause you to either not launch or pod fade, then maybe like you said, Eric, maybe you'd, you, uh, reconsider in a few months. Yeah. Kind of work up to her, get, mm -hmm. get your feet wet. I like that. I think that's a, that's a good approach. Well, Zach, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, how they could work with you and yeah, plug away. Awesome. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's been great to be here and, yeah, just go to thepodcastman.com or I, I like to hang out on Instagram. It's fun to make goofy reels and stuff. So that's just at the underscore podcast underscore man because somebody already took the podcast man, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but you heard it there, Zach, the podcast man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it's been awesome, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. 